Hi! <laughs> Guess who's back again? Last time I recorded an episode, I was heading into my second semester of my senior year of college. I have since graduated. <laughs> um, I'm really bad at keeping up with this podcast because I get really great ideas for things and then I feel really inspired. And then when I feel inspired doesn't always match the time with which I can record. And then I lose inspiration very quickly. I'm a very fleet of the moment type of person when it comes to my creativity. So that's why it's taken me a hot sec. I'm hoping I can stick with it. Have I said that every time before? For sure. So I'm just going to do it when it feels right. But on to today's episode. Today I'm going to be talking about living my best fucking life, basically, is what I'm going to be talking about. How I'm doing it, why I'm doing it. Well, guess we all know why. Who wouldn't want to do that? But I guess how I'm doing it, you know? Um, so let's dive in. The first thing that has helped me live my best fucking life, and I think that this is critical, is being authentically myself. And I find that each year I become a truer version of myself and I think that that stems from increased confidence and me just feeling more secure in who I am. A big part of that for me is surrounding myself with people who uplift that part of myself. Like because being authentically me requires me to be outside of the box and to try new things and to get out of my comfort zone and to like do all of those things. And if you're in a friend group or a relationship or a family where people look down on you for trying something new or doing something different or focusing on, you know, improving a part of your life that you want to improve, if you're surrounded by people who hate change or who want to control you or only want you as you are right in that moment you are not going to be able to be authentically yourself. I realized that when I was able to be authentically myself was when I was, I I mean, being with my partner who encourages me and loves me exactly as I am throughout whatever that looks like and allows me to be so comfortable in myself and I'm so comfortable in his love and support for me that I'm able to try new things and reach new comfort levels and be experimental in who I am as a person because I'm not fearing for the fact that if I change any part of myself, he will leave. And I think that's really crucial in friendships too. Sometimes I think we feel that we have to act a certain way around our friends or else they won't like us anymore and they'll leave. And I've stopped harboring this fear of, oh my gosh, you know, if I don't act this way, people won't want to be friends with me because that's bullshit, because I'm a great person. And the truth is, when I'm not aligning with who I am authentically, I'm not attracting people who align with my authentic self. Duh. I'm attracting people who align with this inauthentic version of myself. So it's kind of this, like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg here, is, like, you need to feel stable enough in some relationships, I think, Um, more like longtime friends or, you know, whoever, like, whatever that is for you to be able to kind of experiment and be more authentically yourself and like let down these walls that you've built up. And then by using that, you will gain even more friends who 
love you for who you are. And it's just such a beautiful thing because I, I feel so strongly and powerfully about all the decisions I've been making recently. And as like a formal recovering people pleaser to be able to say like, no, I'm just making that decision just for myself, like just because I want to. And it's not a decision that hurts anybody else. It's not a decision that harms someone else. Like, and I just feel good about that decision, even if other people disagree with it. So I think that's huge. I recently got my seventh tattoo, which is crazy to think about. Um, And I love it. I like literally absolutely adore it. It's a little scorpion on my left bicep. And I am a Scorpio. (laughs) But it also ties in to Taylor Swift's Mad Woman with like one of the first verses is, what do you think I'd say to that? Does a scorpion sting when fighting back? You strike to kill and you know I will. That to me is just so authentically who I am because I am the nicest, kindest, most caring person until somebody gives me a reason not to be. But I'm like, I'm really over giving people chances time after time after time after time because then you aren't a forgiving person, you're just a doormat. Like after a while, you know, like if you don't learn how to stand up for yourself, you're just accepting behavior that doesn't align with who you want to be. And this tattoo is part of me saying that I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to tolerate people. I'm not going to tolerate things. I'm not going to tolerate anything that I don't like, which, which ties very closely into another bullet point we'll get to a little bit later. But getting this tattoo was something that I was doing for me. And to be authentically me. And when I was getting nervous before getting the tattoo, because sometimes I get nervous before getting my tattoos, and this is like definitely one of my more visible tattoos. It's definitely like, I don't know, it's a bug, you know what I mean? And I was sitting there and I was thinking about what everybody else was going to think about that tattoo. Not like what I was going to think about it as the person who's getting it on their body forever. And I sat there and I was like, obviously, I've come up with the idea of this tattoo. I've designed it with this artist. I've selected this artist. I've made the appointment. I've shown up and I'm here. This is what I want to do. I've followed all the steps to be here because it's what I wanted to do. No one forced me into this situation. I did this because I wanted to and I did want to and I love it (laughs) and I'm so happy with it. But I think sometimes I still get caught thinking about everybody else's opinion of my actions before I think about my own opinion of my actions um and this ties into a second point that I wanted to talk about which is you need to be okay disappointing others this is really difficult for me as somebody who doesn't like (laughs) to disappoint people but you know as you've probably picked up (laughs) on your years of living there is no way zero way it's completely impossible to appease everybody There is just no way to make everybody happy in your life, no matter what you do. You know, making a decision that aligns with what feels most authentic to you and then aligning with a decision that feels more authentic towards those around you, you're going to end up disappointing people regardless of which path you choose. So to kind of tie in a story from Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, which I highly recommend, Um, basically one thing that Glennon says in it is 
you need to get comfortable disappointing other people before disappointing yourself. If it comes down to disappointing someone else and disappointing yourself, always choose disappointing someone else, regardless of if that's a friend or a parent or a family member or a complete stranger or a professor or a boss. When it comes down to like what you do at the end of the day, you have to accept the fact that you're going to disappoint people regardless of what you do. So you might as well just do whatever you want to do. Uh, getting tattoos, I knew was going to disappoint <laughs> some of my loved ones. It's not intentional. I don't do it to disappoint them. But it's an action that aligns with who I want to be that happens to disappoint somebody else. And I've just accepted that in order to align with the version of myself that I want to be, I have to become more comfortable with that feeling. And it doesn't feel great. <laughs> you know, it still doesn't feel great to know that other people would have preferred a different decision. But what does feel great is that I go to bed at night knowing that I made the decision that I preferred the most. I'm doing right by me. Because at the end of the day, that's who I owe things to, not anybody else. I won't look back on this life whenever I'm not living it anymore and think, mm, I'm really glad I made so many other people happy. <laughs> like, obviously, again, I'm a kind and respectful human being. Things aren't done out of, like, malice. But you just can't please everybody. So I've just stopped trying. <laughs> I've just stopped trying. And I've just started asking myself, what do I want to do? What, what sounds good to me? You know? And when you take others out of the equation of your decisions, you really begin to think and discover like what you truly want out of life. I was on a work trip in London this past summer. And it was just a little weekend trip. We were only there for a few days. And I really wanted to go out and like get dinner and get a little drink and just have some fun. And my coworker who I was there with was just like tired and just wanted to go to bed, which is so valid. And I definitely did that to her some nights as well. But instead of just saying to myself, okay, well, my coworker doesn't want to go with me. So I guess I'm not going to go either. Now, <laughs> I want to hop in here and say that this only applies to safe situations. But <laughs> I, I knew the area of London... I knew where I was going. I spoke the language. I felt very confident in my endeavor. So I took myself out. I got dressed. I took the tube to get some dinner. I got some delicious truffle pasta. And then I walked to one of my favorite bars and got a fun little drink. And then I came home and took a bubble bath and relaxed back at the hotel. And it was lovely. I didn't let somebody else's absence stop me from doing what I wanted to do. And that felt really good to be able to feel comfortable just in my solitude as well. And to be able to realize that if I'm waiting for tons of other people to do the things that I want to do, I will be waiting forever. <laughs> I need to do some things alone because I can't always have somebody there with me. And I've realized I'm not going to let myself miss out on opportunities just because I'm the only one who wants to do them. I can have a fine and dandy time with myself. And I love that. That doesn't really tie into like disappointing others, but it's part of just an independence and like being authentically myself type of thing. Okay. On to our third point here. 
I don't tolerate things that I don't tolerate. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it's not. I'm going to speak, speak on it more. But I think that it's interesting how people will be like, what? You can't do that. <laughs> They're like, you can't just not come because you don't like this person. Yeah, I can. <laughs> you can't just unfollow people on social media because they don't align with your moral values. Yeah, I can. <laughs> Yeah, I can, and I will, and I don't care what anybody else has to say about it, because it's my life, and I'm not going to tolerate, or put up with, or expose myself to things that are going to make me angry and upset for just no reason. I'm not doing it. I've said it once, I'll say it again. It's my phone. You're not going to make me mad on my phone. You're not going to do that. I refuse to give you that control over me. So instead, I just don't tolerate things. And I think what's an important thing to note about this is that you will set boundaries, and that does not mean that people are going to understand them. <laughs> I've mentioned this before as well, but setting boundaries is just the first part. Saying I will not tolerate this, that's just step number one. You then need to actually not do it. <laughs> you can't just be like, I've set my boundaries. And then someone goes, well well, no, don't do that. And then you go, oh, okay. Like what? No, babe. (laughs) You said these things for a reason. And this ties in to the second point of being able to disappoint other people because making boundaries obviously is going to disappoint the people who benefited from you not having any boundaries before. When you're able to say, I'm not tolerating that behavior or, and, and this can be as big or as small as you want it to be. Like, I don't spend time with people I don't like. I don't eat food that I don't like. I don't finish drinks that I don't like. I don't finish books or movies that I don't like. I I don't do that. I don't suscept myself to an unenjoyable experience solely because I, I think I should or solely because I've invested a certain point into something so I feel the need to see it through. My happiness is not contingent on the completion of of a task or an event or a relationship or, you know, like my happiness is based on in the moment, truly. So if I'm reading a book and I'm more than halfway through and I don't like the book, I'm not going to finish it. And I think in part of that, I disappoint kind of a younger version of myself who felt the need to to complete everything and be perfect in everything. Older and wiser me no longer feels the need to add unnecessary suffering into my life I've suffered enough (laughs) I'm done I think just being able to be like no I just simply I do not tolerate that whatever it is ignorant people um expensive ubers bad books outfits that don't make me happy food that's unseasoned none of it over it on to point number four I'm letting go of things that I can't control And you're like, yeah, (laughs) we're all doing that. Maybe, maybe everybody else is. (laughs) But I think from the first time in my life, I'm actually genuinely letting go of the things that I can't control. I'm actually matching my words to my actions and my actions to my words. Because it's really easy for me to be like, I know what to say in this situation so that I look like I'm doing a really good job and then not actually doing the thing. 
But I tell myself that just because I have the knowledge of it, that's enough. I can implement it once things get bad enough. No. No. I need to implement it now before things get bad. So I'm working on letting go of things that I can't control. And it's from big things to little things. You know, it's from literally controlling the behavior of other people. I cannot do that. And as much as I wish I could, as much as I like want to, as much as I feel it in my bones that maybe if I could just do this or just say that, no, no. And I think realizing and owning up to my insignificance in the world, you know, there's going to be people who either hate that or love that, but that's how I feel for me realizing my insignificance and the grand scheme of how things play out in the world is pretty darn freeing because it means I don't need to worry about it (laughs) because I can't control it. So that's literally what I do. If I'm in a situation, I feel my palms start to sweat. I feel my heart begin to race. I feel myself getting a little angry, getting a little amped up. I'm pulling statistics out (laughs) from the back of my brain, you know, That's when I say, Catherine, are we in control of the situation right now? Can we change what we're going through right now in this moment? And if I can't, I say, okay, then I just need to let it go. I just need to let it go. Because no matter how much I worry or how little I think about it, the outcome will be what it'll be. My worry and my stress actually has zero effect on the outcome of the situation that I'm worried about if I can't control it. So when I can't control things, I simply remind myself of it. I say, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Yeah, I'm pulling out the serenity prayer. I'm not a Christian, but that prayer really goes off. Um... It's just a good one, dude. I just need to accept the things that I cannot change. And then if I look at a situation and I ask myself, what can I change in this situation? And there are things that are within my control. Like I can initiate a conversation with somebody or I can put in extra research or extra work or I don't know. I don't even know what hypothetical situation I'm talking about with with these examples. But if there's something I can actually do in that moment that would make a difference and I'll do it. Maybe. Depending on the situation. (laughs) But nine times out of ten, when we're in a situation that upsets us, we have zero direct control over it. And that's not to say not to fight for things. Because that's important. You know, like, I'm sure people would be like, well, you have no control over, like, politics or the environment or you know and that's very true but I can persevere towards making changes on that other than being like you know when you're in traffic and you're really upset about traffic like you're gonna get there when you get there no amount of anger or resentment or road rage will get you there any quicker we get there when we get there whatever happens happens some things you just have to learn to say okay It'll be what it'll be. Number five. 
I've put more work into the things that I can change. So a lot of that starts with just me as a human being. Um, Ways that I can take control of my life. For me, I like stretching in the morning. Helps my body feel good throughout the day. Um, It's a good way to wake me up. That's something that I can control. You know, I used to feel so sluggish and uninspired in the mornings and I had the hardest time getting up and staying awake and I found that when I created a morning routine for myself that I actually enjoyed and that I actually looked forward to doing in the morning I became much more of a morning person so I implemented those changes that I wanted to see so I wake up and I stretch and I journal and do a quick little meditation I do the wordle (laughs) I do the New York Times mini I do my Duolingo. It's, it's a little, you know, it's a little silly. But it's what I do in the morning. And it's nice. And it helps me start my day. And a big part of that for me, I think, is I would wake up in the morning. My alarm would go off and I'd have my phone in my hand. And I would then get flooded with everything that happened while I was asleep. All the messages that I got, all like the social media notifications, all the emails, everything. I would see it all right at once and something in my brain would be like we need to handle this right now no we don't (laughs) we actually don't we actually can say okay phone thanks so much for waking me up put our phone back down and get up and decide how we want to start the morning because when I just open my phone and begin scrolling through everything I am giving up my control over how I start my morning So I'm then saying, like, I'm going to be influenced by all of these other things, all these other people, all these other postings, instead of waking up and choosing to do that for myself and choosing to tell myself I'm going to make it a good day with what I can. I'm going to start my day right. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to put on an outfit that makes me feel good. You know, like, whatever these people told me throughout the night, (laughs) is nothing that can't wait another 30 minutes. And that's what I just keep reminding myself. So that's one small example of leaning into the things that I do have control of. I wanted to read more this year because I enjoy reading. It makes me feel good. It's good for my mental health. And it helps my sleep. And it's entertaining. (laughs) And I was so impressed by my friend Rachel because she reads so many books. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) that's crazy. How do you do that? And she was sharing with me that it comes down to her priorities and that, you know, she prioritizes and makes time for the things that matter to her. So she carves time out in her day to read. Duh. Like what an obvious solution that is. And what did I, what did I start doing on this doesn't happen every night. Okay. I'm trying to get re back into this. Because you know when you go somewhere else and then your routine just gets totally messed up? Even when you try to keep the, the routine, it's not the same. Yeah, that happened. So now, before bed, I just I leave my books on my bedside table. I just leave them there. So I can read them if I want to. So when my alarm goes off for me to take my nightly medicine, I can grab a book and read. Because that alarm goes off about an hour, hour and a half before I want to go to bed. So 
you know, if I just say, okay, I have this great like trigger to remind me, the alarm going off to remind me that this is now my, my time to stop and unwind. I can make sure that my space is the way that I want it to be when I'm going to sleep. I'll handle everything else, you know, so that I am just ready to go to bed and then pull out that book and read. I can read for five minutes. I can read for an hour, but that's going to be the last thing I do at night. I'm just going to read. How great is that? You know, it's, it's all about making these little tiny changes to be who you want to be and implementing that into your daily life. It doesn't happen overnight. And I think that I always got super overwhelmed by wellness and like taking care of yourself and self-love because I thought I had to do it all and I had to do it all the time and it had to be with expensive products and it had to be aesthetically pleasing and I realized that just none of that is true. <laughs> sometimes I wash on my face and sometimes I don't. And that's just what I need at that time. Sometimes I, I do my nails and sometimes I let my nail polish grow out. You know, I'm, I'm disgusting sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I make myself like delicious grilled veggies with chicken and, and rice. And sometimes... I order McDonald's and life is just about balance. I don't even know where I was going there, but there's that for you. I'm like fully sober right now, guys. I'm just kind of exhausted. Number six, I've redefined success for myself. Take a second and think about what you picture when you hear success and then ask yourself if you had what that vision is, would that make you feel fulfilled? So for me, when I pictured success, when someone would say the word success, I pictured somebody high up in their career, making a lot of money, you know, like that was success to me. And then I thought about if I had that, would I feel fulfilled? Maybe, but the answer wasn't yes. That wasn't all I needed to feel fulfilled. So I thought about what would make me feel fulfilled. And it's working at a job where I get to be creative, a job that I enjoy, having enough money to pay my bills and have fun by eating food. And I like to spend my money on home decor. I like to go to little farmer's markets. Um, I'll I'll feel fulfilled. I, I do feel fulfilled. Now that I have solid friendships, now that I have good relationships, good work-life balance, and I realize that this idea of success that we've been like spoon-fed from such a young age was not what success looked like to me. Because if it was, then I would be focusing on the job that made me the most amount of money, that had the highest amount of opportunity for advancement, but that's not what I'm looking for. Before I got my job, I was focusing, and and it's crazy to be here now as an employed person (laughs) and reflect on seven months ago when I started looking for my job and what I wanted at that point and what I have now line up. And it comes from my ability to separate everybody else's thoughts of what I should do and what success looks like and hone in much more on what that looks like to me. 
So this will be different for every single person. You know, you could picture success and to you it could be making the most amount of money and being at the highest position at a certain job. And that's fully valid. I just realized that that's not what it was for me. Sitting there and thinking about what was important to me. You know, and I think that's a great final step of all the steps that we've talked about because it kind of ties them all together of it's putting your version of life and like what you want to see for your life through your control, like what you can control and putting that into action. I can't control other people. I can't make everybody feminists. I can't make everybody leftists. I can't make everybody socially responsible. I can't make everybody eco-friendly. I can't do that. But what I can do is I can be a kind, generous person who practices the values that I want in others. I can be the type of person who wakes up and paints after yoga and goes to farmer's markets and supports her local bookshop and meets friends through common interests and gets tattoos abroad. Like I can be that person because that excites me and that's what I want to do. And I wake up every day and you know, it's like, what are we doing? We're spending our time on this floating rock, right? You either spend it how you want or you spend it how other people want you to. So for me, I'm going to do what I want. And I stopped putting everything else at the forefront of my decisions. When I would get tattoos and get piercings, people would be like, you're going to have a hard time, you know, getting employed. First of all, I didn't. (laughs) That's a myth. (laughs) Um, But if I did, I would at least be able to say that I was true to myself and not minimizing myself in order to become a more suitable candidate for a job position. Like, obviously, when you get a tattoo, you're doing something permanent to your body. Like, this is a lifelong decision. And I think it's weird for me to base a lifelong decision off of a corporation. No. (laughs) I'm going to base it off of what I want to do. And I obviously found a company that doesn't have an issue with it. And a place that I like to work that aligns with what I was hoping to get out of a workplace. And I'm really happy. And I feel really successful. And it has nothing to do with the amount of money that I'm making. Or how nice my apartment looks. Or or any of that. It has to do with the fact that I just feel happy and I feel fulfilled and I feel authentically myself. And once you get to that point, it is so easy. It just becomes your default and you don't want to do anything else. You don't, it, becomes, it feels so unnatural to seep back into that inauthentic version of yourself that you're like, ooh, I don't want to do that. And then you just don't. <laughs> you just live authentically and it feels so good. So I've had several people tell me over these past several weeks, it looks like I'm living my best life. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am. (laughs) And it's all because of my attitude. I'm just so impressed with myself. And I hope you all are impressed with yourselves. Hopefully, I'll be back with some more episodes. I have 
a ton of ideas. I'm feeling pretty inspired. So we will see where this goes. I'm not going to give myself any pressure. It's just going to be a good old ride. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. Feel free to like and follow below to stay tuned for other episodes as we continue on this pursuit of happiness together. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.